0: What is up everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on SureDog.com. and today we are looking ahead to the top 5 fights in the month of October in the world of mixed martial arts. Now, I say in the world of mixed martial arts, for the first time ever i put in a different sport but there is a connection to mixed martial arts, you can probably guess what it is but we'll talk about that at the very end of the show. Uh, I, I wanted somewhere, look, we know what fight it is. I wanted somewhere to talk about it, and I was like, "Look, this is a good place to talk about it, so let's do that." But before we get into that, let's talk about some of the other fights. It's 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 not a great month. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I I went through um a lot of these events. Look, there's one big UFC event, obviously at UFC two nine four. There is a big one championship event. There's a big Bellator event, and obviously there's the big boxing event too. But I suppose the um uh, the you know, undercards of those events are not amazing, um, especially the UFC. I think, like, the UFC fight night cards are not amazing. Actually, as I record here, I'm recording this a little bit early because um, uh, at the end of September, I will obviously be covering the Bellator Dublin card. So, there's a Cage Warriors Dublin card coming up in October, and a lot of the fights haven't been actually announced for that yet, so... Maybe there'll be a couple of big fights on that as well, and you know that's another card to throw in there. Uh, There's a lot of good up and comers on that card so far, but you know not a not a a standout main event yet. But you know there's you know if we get this uh, Paul Hughes versus George Hardwick fight, that will definitely be one to throw into here. Might even be number. uh, I got maybe number two, even behind one of the big fights, but uh, and, and these are these are my top fights as well. So you know, maybe you might necessarily agree, but I'm going to give you my reasons why I like them and why I'm looking forward to them in the month of October. But um, again, as I say, it's it's as I said, it's not the not the most packed month. We're after coming from a, a really interesting month. We had the um, the madness, I suppose, of the middleweight title fight, one that we kind of. We got on short enough notice, and like, uh, as I talked about with Cage Warriors there, and even other stuff as well, sometimes when we're not prepared for a monday they come up on short notice and we get shocked by them, they're maybe a little bit better, but you know what I love as well? I love looking at a fight, like the first fight here, when we get into it. Islam Makacha versus Charles Oliver. It's a fight we've seen before, but it's a fight we've known about now that's going to happen for a good while. We can get ready for it, we can talk about it, and we're still obviously a few weeks out from it here, um, nearly a month out from it, so a good few bit out from him. And we can set the stall out and talk about the reasons why we're looking forward to it. Because I feel like, and, and it's the reason why I like doing this show every month. Sometimes it's like week to week to week, event to event to event. And that's very tough. You know, it's very tough to like set out the stall for what's coming up and, um, you know, <laughs> look forward to it. Like, like like, let's say if you're a fan of you know I, I don't know soccer and the World Cup is coming you're like oh the World Cup it's in three weeks away I can't wait for this team to play that team and you are you know the Rugby World Cup is on at the moment or I'm sure you know the NFL playoffs when they're coming up or something but you know we we almost all, we're spoiling we almost have something to look forward to you know but it's like it's like Christmas every week which is great right but also we can't build up the anticipation for it When it happens every week So that's what I'm trying to bring In this show And first of all Isla Macacha Versus Charles Oliveira (sighs) Look it's It's again Going to be a fascinating fight And I I am doing this As my first fight I'm not going uh, Chronologically You could call it here By date Um because I wanted to talk about this one first. And the reason I wanted to talk about this one first is something we all all are probably guilty of. And we kind of decide what's going to happen in a fight or any different sporting endeavor. And we're like, that's what's going to happen. Look, we saw it before. We're going to see the same thing again. Forget about it, right? I don't want to do that for this fight. So I'm, al- I'm almost talking myself into this one now. But I think I can talk you into it as well. Um, it's, been, it's been a whirlwind... Career for Charles Oliveira, obviously 34 and 9. I remember I did a stat about him before, and he's like, he's fought what was it, the first eight fights of his career? He was like, uh, No more even than that Like the first 12 fights Of his career He was like 12 and all And then the next uh 16 he was like 8 and 8 And then he was like 12 and 0 again Or something like that Just He's had an absolutely Mad career But he's in the midst Of that second Brilliant patch now Okay he lost to Makachev Back in 2022 But he came in And he beat Benil Dariush Pretty comprehensively It was one of those fights I remember I gave it As one of my, my flyers I think for the, the First round knockout Or for the knockout Anyway And you know, it just showed that he's still there Right, it showed what he has become Over the last few years And that he still has that And what has he become over the last few years I hear you asking me out there Well, what he's become is this Unbelievably dangerous submission guy That he always was Now he hasn't become that But with this jam-packed Robust, insane Mad, striking style behind it That's what he's become He's He's just become What, I suppose a lot of the... A lot of the Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighters of OR became, but not as effective as him ever. Like, remember Verdum when he was throwing these big high kicks or Jacare, and then they were kind of pulling guard, like Verdum, you know, catching Fedor in in triangles and, and stuff like that. He's become that but a more, you know, the, the 2023 version of that basically where he is bringing pressure, he's throwing big shots, you know, his technique is better than most or, you know, certainly um, sub, uh, submission artists of old, should we say. Um, and very few people are able to stick with him at the very top of the division. Darius wasn't, Gaethje wasn't, Paria wasn't, Chandler wasn't, Ferguson wasn't, etc. None of them were. Uh, The only one who was, was Makashev. And why was Makashev able to stick with him? Well, Makashev was able to stick with him because he is a better technical fighter and he can grapple just as well. And every fighter that's out there, well, most fighters that are out there, there is, you know, I don't know if this is a correct phrase, but an anathema to them, right? There's their kryptonite. There is someone who and we saw with Sean Strickland against Israel Adesanya, someone who just stands up to their ability with a um, an opposite ability that nullifies it, right? And sometimes it's very hard for us to comprehend that when someone is so good, right? Like, like an Adesanya or whoever. But if you have... Uh, a certain set of skills that render the other person's um, winning skill set neutral, you are on to an absolute winner. And that's seemingly what Makachev has here. But since that fight, Makachev has obviously also fought once against Alexander Volkanovsky, UFC 284, and became... um, I I don't know was human, the word on that night, but I I think a lot of people looked at that and said, he still won, but he's beatable. He he still won against the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world, but maybe he's a little bit more beatable. You know, there was a few positions he was put in where he landed on the bottom and different things where he looked more beatable. Now, as I said, if you have listened to this show before, I'm not going to give you a a technical breakdown of all of these fights, so maybe a couple of them I will a little bit, but for this one, I think... It's all about belief for the Bronx. I truly believe that. <laughs> Funnily enough, I can see you believe it. If the Bronx goes out there and he throws his shots, he goes for his submissions, he tries to land that head kick, he tries to land that punch down the middle, he refuses to back down. If he is taken down, he's, there's, no, there's no giving up. There's no, oh no, I've been taken down. You go for your submissions, you try to get back up, you fight, you fight, you fight. If there is that belief in him, he has a chance. There's no doubt about that because you saw in the Volkanovski fight, like Volkanovski is this high-level fighter, but you saw him cause trouble in certain different ways. You know, when he technically struck with him, he caused him trouble in different ways. Stopping the takedowns. You know, getting on top himself. Maybe Oliveira looks at that and thinks, right, I don't have a, uh, you know, it's not that he's a similar skill skill set to Volkanovski, but, can he put Makachev in certain positions which Volkanovsky put him in, right? And I'll, I'll say it again, to do all of that, you need your confidence. You need to be at your best. And it felt after that Dariusz fight that he had it. He was still confident he hadn't lost And that's the most important thing, right? We saw it with Jose Aldo. When he lost to Conor McGregor, What happened? He came back against Frank Yeager. He got knocked out in, what, 13 seconds? Came back against Frank Yeager and decided not to get punched. (laughs) If you remember that fight. Just so confident, defensively, elite, absolutely brilliant. Look fantastic. Darius, not necessarily a similar thing, but went out there and destroyed the number one contender in a round. Right? But now you're back facing Makachev. Can you do it again? Can you do it against the guy who did it to you, you know. this, And it's funny because we look at Makachev and we think, right? you have to be confident. You have to do the right things over and over and over. But that's also the way you beat Oliveira. Makachev beat him because he had the confidence and he did the right things over and over and over. And he's going to have to do that again. And I would say the one thing for Makachev as well. Um, It's it's seven months between the Volkanovski fight and now. And I just wonder, like sometimes... Sometimes a break like that, and it's, it's not too much of a break, you know, it's, I suppose, on par for champions, but sometimes a break like that is, um, <sighs> after a fight like that can help you an awful lot, right? But I wonder what adjustments he's going to make. And I wonder if the adjustments are warranted. And and the reason I say that is like, and, and this is maybe going in, in the fines of the point I just made a minute ago, that like, Maybe the Bronx can look at the mistakes and prey on them. But like if you try to change your game when your game is so good all the way along, and I'm not saying he's going to rip up the playbook or anything here, but if you make even slight adjustments, are they going to work? And you're fighting a, a completely different fighter, as I said, again here. And are they going to work? Or do you just go in and kind of do what you did the first time against Oliveira? But fighters don't necessarily like doing that. They like to improve camp on camp, fight on fight, month on month type of thing. I, th- I, think there's, I think there's a lot, a lot to talk about when you get into this. And, you know, we have, I suppose, again, like, there's a massive Volkanovski fight coming here again, I think, um, for the winner, maybe. There could be a massive McGregor fight coming, which is... Life changing. Like, like you have to think about that as well. Like, like if McGregor comes in there and beats Shander whether you you know think he will or, or think he won't, you know he could very well get a title shot next. And you want to be the champion when he gets a title, don't you? Because you're gonna get that pay per view, and you're gonna get the the Red Banty Night. We all know it. We all know. So this is a huge, massive, important fight for um for these, and that's just a part of it as well. All right. We will move on, but we won't we won't move too far because we're staying at the same event. And I want to talk next about Paulo Costa versus Hamzad Shimaev. Um, it's been I, I, I'm going to use the phrase whirlwind a lot here, but it's been a real whirlwind for uh, for Boris Shimaev. He hasn't fought since September 2022, um, and obviously this is your top five fights for October. Why has he been out for a year? Where has he been? What's he been doing? What's been going on? Why has he been out for a year? Like, have we ever had that question answered? You know, I'm sure there's, there'll be throwing there's injuries or timings or whatever, you know, visa issues and all that. But uh, again, a guy who fought, it felt like every week at one stage, now hasn't fought in a year. First things first, like the last fight. How's that going to affect him? How's that going to harm him? What's, what's that going to do to his game? How much has he improved? How much has he changed? Will ring rust be an issue? Who has he been training with? Who has he been sparring with? How's it, has there been any injuries? There's a lot to say there, right? If Shamayev had fought a month ago and he was fighting again, right, maybe you can say, okay, Charnold is whatever. But we know what he's been like, we know what, where he is, we know where his game's at. Okay, and I think that's a big point as well. Just a a quick aside here, a slight tangent. People talking about Adesanya and saying, "Oh, he's finished," but like Adesanya's been fighting regularly, and we haven't really seen any of that. So, is there any major signs that he is finished? Like, mm, I don't think so. So, why are you saying that type of thing? You know, whereas we haven't had any major signs, and we don't know about um, Shemayev. and he's coming in here against a guy who look. Again, he also hasn't fought since August last year, but we know the reasons why he hasn't fought. There was like contracts and madness and, uh, you know, falling out fights and all of that sort of guff, right? Um, but you have to say that this is a very favorable matchup for Shamiyev. The one issue I would say for him and the one big thing as well is he's moving up the middleweight. And that might be the reason I'm most intrigued in this. I see how he will deal with a guy who is probably, you know, the the siziest guy in that weight class, the biggest, strongest guy in that weight class. If he can pick him up and take him down, will he have issues? Like I always thought, um, back in the day that, uh, uh, Colby Covington might be better off going to middleweight and I remember I, I think it was actually Artem Lava replied to me he goes you know try picking something up and now try pick something else up with 10 extra pounds in it see how easy it is or 15 extra pounds as the case may be with that and that, that is true in fairness that is true now Shemaev obviously has fought at middleweight before but not you know at um, at this level you know he's he's really never fought. I suppose. Well, he, he, uh, 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 that's that's wrong. The Gilbert Burns fight was that. But other than that, you know, some good wins against uh, Kevin Holland's a good fighter on his day and not necessarily that day. And you know, Reese McGee's a good fighter. Gerald Lang Li Yang is a good fight. Li Zhengyang. But it is only really the Gilbert Burns fight, and that was at welterweight. So let's see how it looks at um uh at middleweight. But my reason I put this in here is. I can't wait for it. I I cannot wait for it. I can't. I cannot wait to see how Shemayev looks. I cannot wait to see if he gets an absolutely destructive win again, and he'll be fighting next for the title. You know, Dan White obviously was kind of saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to make the rematch for Adesanya," and he was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" whoa, I never said that, and like completely back- backtracked. And the next Tuesday afterwards, oh, oh, he'd probably call me some weirdo journalist. I was like, "Well, grand, feel free," but. I wonder, did he think, well, you know, Shamayev's going to be fighting here in a couple of weeks. Let's see what happens. Um, You know, there are other people obviously in there as well, but I I think Shamayev, if if you put Burns, uh, uh, first of all, Li Jingliang, Burns, Holland, and Bohacinia all together, four wins in a row, geez, that's a very good case, I think, for a title shot. A very, very good case for a title shot. And I know, okay, a couple of them are down the weights, but... I think that's a great case for a title shot. And if he can win it, I think he would. And look, he's a star. We all know that as well. They want draws. Would Adesanya possibly gone now from the the title pitcher for a minute? Especially, like, obviously, if Shumayev gets it, he will be. Um, That's, again, a massive draw. And if they can get Adesanya win and, let's say, Shumayev won the title, that is a massive fight to make. Um for you know the 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 smackdown coming up to Costa versus Shamaev as well probably won't be amazing but it could be funny but the the main reason why I want to see this and the main reason I have this in my top 5 is Shamaev is an elite fighter a really elite fighter and we you know we have a good few of them in MMA but you know they're not growing on trees either and to be able to have the privilege of sitting down or seeing someone like him fighting, seeing someone like John Jones fighting, seeing someone like GSP back in the day fighting, or Volkanovski or Demetrius Mighty Mouse, the greatest of all time fighting, it's a privilege. And I, I truly believe he's, he is at that sort of level. Now, he, he hasn't reached that level in terms of greatness, but in terms of ability, he is right up there with some of the best we, we have ever seen, and I can't wait to see that. Right, the next fight I'm looking forward to is one from one championship. Uh, October 6th And it's Ilya Freemanov Versus Tanley And the reason I'm looking forward to this is I think it's going to be An absolute Barn burner A barn burner Of a fight Right Um, For the interim title um, Freemanov is just A beast Tanley is a beast And like I, I was looking back At my notes For their previous fights And I'll obviously Have a preview for this And everything but Power I have written Power Twice on both of their notes, that'll tell you, like, Friminov, he's just like lovely leg kicks in his big right hand, and big power, and big combos, and big switch stances, and front kicks, and he's a good clinch, and good elbows too, and Tanley, the other side of it, the southpaw, switch stance, Karateka, boxer, taekwondo, he can do it all, but power, 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 you know he's good on the ground too. He's trained with Ryan Hall. I think he, I still think he's never gone to a decision. Let me just make sure that's correct. Uh, no, his last fight with Tankai was was the only time he's ever gone to a decision. This is um, this is one for the ages. I really believe that. I think this could be an absolute barn burner. Tanley is all well. you have to look at. Tanley, he's 20, 38 years of age. Anilia Freeman, I have twenty seven. Look like very much the the younger guy on the way up. Even though, like you know. 14 fights versus 16 fights, not too much of a difference there. But you know, Tan Lee was on a grey run beating Gary Tunnan, that famous ground and pound victory, beating Martin Wayne and and many before that as well. And you know, going into the um uh, the Tang Kai fight, there was I suppose the thought that he's gonna get him out there and it didn't happen. Um and Tan Kai showed how good he is, and like to win this for the interim belt, if I'm not mistaken To win that interim belt Would be absolutely mag- you know m- magnificent and massive for him And the chance to get another shot For Friminov, look, he's just a beast I've watched, um, I've watched a good few of his fights Obviously preparing for the Martin Wynn fight And the, the last fight as well um, uh, Against uh, Shinny, uh, who is a very good fighter And he, look, he put them both out of their handy He really did one with a submission, one with a, a submission to knees t- via TKO. Uh, this guy is, is a beast. Like watching some of his fights in uh, in Eastern Europe over in Russia and things, uh, he's just using his lint, pulling guys into fights where they won't, don't want to get, frightening them basically, <laughs> winning fights. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, he won't frighten Tanley. He won't frighten Tanley, but maybe Tanley might frighten him. This is going to be a barn burner. Uh, Look, I think if Tan Lee can get him out of there early, that's his best way to victory. I think Fremdanov can get him out of there early, but if the fight goes longer, I think he'll win it. But God almighty, it's it's a real barn burner. I can't wait for that one. Right. Next one for me. Um, Bellator 300 is a good card, right? It's a good card, but I don't think it's a... (laughs) I think Bellator 301 is, is nearly better. Uh, Bellator 300 has some good fights. It has um, Usman or Magmeda versus Bryn Primus, which I was going to maybe talk about. Ryan Bader versus Vassell, which look, Vassell deserves a respect. Uh, it is Liz Carmouche against Liam and Liam which I like as well. But of the four title fights uh, and the great fight between Liam McCourt and Sarah McMahon as well, I've gone for um, Katz and Gano versus Chris Cyborg And the reason I've gone for that is I feel like we've been waiting for this fight for a very, very long time. Like a very, very, very long time. And not just like since Katsangano signed for Bellator when back in, oh, what was it, 2019, 2020, that she made her debut in 2020. It feels like even for years, you know, Katsangano, when she beat Amanda Nunes, beat me, Tate, went on to fight Ronda Rousey, like, it, was a, it could have been a possibility. You know, it could have been a possibility all the way back then. And then, obviously, she went on that bit of a losing streak. She had injuries and all that. And now she's won four in a row. Obviously, a very close decision over Liam McCourt last time out. Um, and, you know, a fight between two of the biggest names in that division down for the last, Jesus, how many years, 10 years now nearly, are fighting each other. So that, that's very good. And plus, it's been like, well, they will not there for the last couple of years. So that's great that it's happening. But what I think is very interesting too is, uh, I was looking at this and I was kind of thinking, right, so what, what's, what's the angle here? Why am I mostly looking forward to this? I think I'm mostly looking forward to this, right? And I'll, I'll defy this point I'm about to make in a second. but Because I'm interested to see where Chris Cyborg at 38 years of age is in her career. She hasn't fought since April 2022 when she beat Arlene Blinko. No. I think she had a boxing match, I think, didn't she? Or something other than that. You know, before that, it was three or four months earlier, uh, against uh, against Sinead. Kavanaugh, and, you know, she was fairly active, twenty two fights, twenty twenty-one, two fights twenty twenty, uh, and all that, right? But she's a little bit older now. Um she went to the decision against Blinko. She won the decision, she won pretty well, and she didn't she didn't look bad, but it wasn't it wasn't the cyborg of old, you know? And the fight before that, the Sinead Kavanaugh Sinead went out and she put it all on the line, look she got knocked out early, we didn't see too much of her. You know, the and then it's we're talking about two and a half years before that. So I I'm very interested to see how cyborg looks. Like it, it's very easy to say oh sometimes all people are past their prime, they're not there anymore. Like cyborg has had twenty eight fights and she's um 38 years of age. That's a long career, you know, and she's had some longer fights as well recently. She's gone to a fifth round, a fifth round, a fourth round, a third round, a fifth round, a third round in the last few years. So she's had, you know, a bit of wear and tear. It's, it, and it's not as if she's taking big knockouts or anything like that. Okay, son's the Amanda Nunes one, but, you know, the preparation, the weight cutting she had to do for a while and things as well is obviously a massive issue, right? But then I looked at Katzengano and she's 41. She's older. You know, and the knee injuries and everything like that. Um, I think she looked good against Liam McCourt, but the read I had before that was maybe that she was fighting a little bit differently because of the part of her career which she now finds herself in. Um, And maybe striking a little bit more, even though, you know, we know how good she is in the ground and and all of that. And we saw some of that against Liam McCourt, but we saw more um, of her on the ground, I suppose, against Liam as well. I wonder how this fight's going to play out. Um, And I suppose, again, I'm doing what I'm doing here for the first fight again for this one, right? Everyone will take for granted that Cyborg is going to win. Cyborg is going to go run through her, use her striking. Her power is going to be too much and it's going to be an issue, right? But what if Cyborg doesn't look... Necessarily the same. And I'm not saying she's she's going to, like, Cyborg might come out and what I just said there might happen. And look, it probably will. Let's be honest. My pick will be probably Cyborg. It will definitely be Cyborg for this fight. But what if she's a little bit off? What if Zingano takes her down? What if she gets on top? What if Cyborg gives up the back? You know, what if those sorts of things happen in the fight like this? And, like, it's not massively beyond the realms of possibility. Like, Zingano is good on the ground. She has a takedown in her, she can wrestle. You know, Cyborg is 38 years of age Okay, Zingano's 41 But, you know Sometimes Zingano being out of the cage for so long You're, you know, you're not taking three years of damage in there You're kind of, you, you know You're taking a bit of time off Now, that's not always the case But I just I, I feel a little bit like this one isn't as predictable As it may seem on paper And that's why it's one of the fights I'm most looking forward to this month in October Right, let's move to the last one. Here's the one I'm cheating on. I, I'll never do it again, I promise. I promise I'll never do it again. October 28th, Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou. In a boxing match, okay, it's not MMA, but I'm, I'm throwing it in there anyway. Now, I, I, and when I say my top five fights I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to this as a fight, and I'm going to talk about that mostly, but also this event and everything around it, like this, even this whole... You know the, the uncomfortable Saudi Arabia. You know everyone tweeting like that Riyadh season and everything that's happened in Saudi Arabia or Saudi Arabia over the last few years with the sports washing and all of that. There, like, there is a massive feeling for me anyway, and I don't know if people agree of like oh, this, is a, this is a bit icky. Like we, and as someone who's looked, um, followed the Premier League. And a big uh, soccer fan over the last few years, I've got the same feeling with Man City. I've got the same feeling with Newcastle United. I'm sure golf fans have got the same feeling. Even soccer at the moment, you know, Saudis have started their own league, and it's just like, what's the, like, what's the reason for this? Are these people being used, or you know, now Francis is getting that bag, but like, is it worth it? You know, for someone you know who's talked, and I think for Francis, someone who has talked so much about caring and wanting to be different and. At the end of the day, he takes the money like everyone else without really looking too far into it. I think that's all fair to say. I think that's all fair. And like, I think because Francis is like the, um, the I don't know, the darling of MMA media, a lot of times it doesn't get said about him. And I, I think I, I I'm happy enough to say that if it's something that needs to be said, and I think I have there, but there is that background. So this is not one of these fights you can just like, Enjoy for the sake of enjoying it. Now, we will talk about enjoying it for the sake of enjoying it in a second. But I think it's fair to mention that as well. When you're talking about this big, massive event, what's the background of it? Like, Tyson Fury, I was watching the press conference the other day. Tyson Fury stand up and literally within two sentences, he tanks MBS and he says, "Well, Francis, you're getting that bag. Like, if you can't, if you watch that and you like, there's a bit of cognitive dissonance there, fine, but like, that doesn't mean everyone has to have that, and that doesn't mean we have to like mm, be, feel a bit weird about all of that, and I think that's absolutely fair. So I wanted to mention that, but also the bout itself, right? I'm just looking forward to sitting back and having a bit of fun and watching it. Because right? I don't really have to cover it. I'm not going to have to break it down. I'm not going to have to be sitting there scoring it. You know, if I if I want to have a little, you know, can of harp or something during that, I can. You know, it's not like normal fights. So I I don't really get to sit back and watch MMA fights and enjoy them as much. Now I do, but I'm covering them. It's part. It's my job. It's part of work. But this won't be, and that's you know kind of fun. But the nature of it is one fight that we. And this is maybe the uh, <laughs> team of this show, but we know what's going to happen. And we feel like we know what's going to happen, right? And I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to go full Robin Black here and go, but what if? You know, what if? Can we dream? <laughs> like, no, no, it's not going to happen. But what I'm looking forward to is, right, seeing the madness of it all. Because uh, do you know what I do believe, right? I don't believe Francis can knock him out. What I do believe is I believe Francis will go for it. And I believe he will throw those wild hands and Tyson will see different angles. You know, he'll see the MMA angles. Francis' angles are not even MMA angles. I don't know what type of angles there, but Tyson Fury will see him and he'll see something he's never seen before. And he'll see an absolute beast of a man throwing kettles at him. And uh, I'm interested to see how that works out. Like, what's Tyson going to do? Is he just kind of going to jab him? Is he going to move around? Or is he going to like go at him and go, oh, geez, I can't let this guy push me forward. I'm going to have to push him back and maybe knock him out. I'm I'm interested in seeing how that plays out. I think it'll be fun. I think it'll be funny and all of that. Like, I I, I think for Francis as well, right? And it, it, to get this back to MMA, he hasn't fought since January 2022. There's a lot of, a lot of long layoffs on today's show. And if this helps him get back to MMA, I think me and all MMA fans will be delighted. We want to see him fight in MMA. I can't wait to see him fight in PFL. Um... You know, we have the, obviously the championship fights coming up here in PFL in a few weeks and maybe the winner of that versus Francis Ngannou at the end of the year and then, uh, sorry, the start of maybe next year will be absolutely massive. So um, if this gets him back there, I'm all for it. And you know what? I'm all for a bit of fun as well. So that's it. Those are my five fights for the month. Makacha versus Oliveira and Kosa versus Shumaev at UFC 294 at 112, one on prime 12 Fremenov versus Lee, Cyborg versus Ngannou at Bellator 300 and Tyson Fury in his bout with Francis Ngannou October 28 those are the, the five I'm looking forward to in the month of October, alright everyone I will leave it there thank you very much for tuning in, let me know in the comment section below which fight are you most looking forward to in October and we'll have a little bit of a chat about it my name is Sean Sheehan for Shardog.com and I'll see you all next time